Although I wouldn't consider this another quasi-shower thought episode, which I don't, but I will admit that I did have to meditate prior to talking about this film, because I think a move when it comes to any Oliver Stone film, especially one as psychedelically trippy and fucked up as Natural Killers, you gotta really reflect on it. And it's been a few days since I saw it, and it's been on my mind because, you know what? It's just that unique of a film. Plus, it is Oliver Stone, who always has an elegant way of presenting himself. And I actually watched a Charlie Rose interview where he discussed natural born killers. I didn't watch any analysis vids because I feel that everybody is entitled to their own interpretation. Not to say that can't be helpful, because I have done that for past reviews in this podcast. And I probably will for other ones. But I felt it would be much more honest and sincere to watch an interview featuring Oliver Stone, given that whenever he just whenever he goes on one of his his analytical rants well it's not a rant so much as like an analysis of modern society there's just something so invigorating about it and I always I mean I found that I feel that the current analysis he makes of modern society and where it's going is always fascinating but I always found his I even found the, the way he approached Richard Nixon in his film Nixon to be fascinating because you think that because because Oliver Stone, he being having interviewed people like Fidel Castro and Hugo Chavez, somehow people would think he's some radical leftist, even though he does, he does tend to be sometimes sympathetic with some of the views, which I totally respect. Because I mean, the thing about politics is about, well, discourse and civility, where that's the way it should be. But anyway, you'd think that with a film like Nixon, he would just go out and destroy him, but he doesn't. He even discussed in a short interview that there that there is and i'll actually put a link of that down below where he described nixon as a very machiavellian character and whether you like him or not which i don't but i found it fascinating and i would i would say even an empathetic portrait of a man who just happens to have the worst job in the world i mean to this day i don't understand why anybody would want to run for president of the united states i mean yeah i understand that there's an altruistic desire to fix the country or make lives people's lives better but you you see how much it just it's destroyed so many men and just left them worn out to the point where they're not only just tired but they are fucking tired but anyway enough talking about nixon let's talk about natural born killers because i felt i was going on a tangent there but that does happen from time to time whenever i talk about movies because when it comes to movies they just encompass so many elements of life and one of the things that makes natural born killers is that it takes it tackles one issue in life that we often kind of, well, we kind of like back away from and then we dabble with, but even to a such a superficial degree that it often feels like we haven't explored this full scope of it, and that's violence. In his interview with Charlie Rose, Oliver Stone discussed many of the mechanics of and the process of making the movie with the studio and how they reacted and how audiences would react. But one thing I found rather fascinating was the part where he talked about how it's in his mind, natural-born killers, to him, personally, signify the end of an era. And he meant, like, the 20th century in terms of the violence that was very prevalent within the culture of the 20th century, whether it's in media, television, um, film, because, let's be honest, film is rife with violence, just as much as it's rife with sex. And plenty of movie. there are plenty of films that are really great, but they can only be marketed through their violence. One key example of that is John Wick, and even though John Wick is the post is in the post two thousands as opposed to the nineties when Natural Born Killers came out, 
Although anybody can make a case that the John Wick movies are deep cinematic films exploring the psyche of a very tortured and contradictory character, they can only be the sad, the tragic part is that they can only be marketed as pure action, stylized, overly stylized action. I doubt any of the people who who guzzle over the violence in John Wick understand the influences that anime and Hong Kong cinema have on them. I doubt they give a shit. They just want to see. They just want to see Keanu Reeves kill people with pencils or whatever he can come up with at that moment. Just as much as plenty of the fans of Mickey and Mallory from from Natural Born Killers just want to praise them and the violence that they embody. And what does that tell you about the culture that we live in? That they that we crave so much violence. But again, violence is not anything new to our society. I mean, fuck it. Look at look at the Roman Empire, gladiator battles. That, that that tells you that, I mean, yeah, it was meant to quell the mob and to keep people distracted so they wouldn't focus on other issues, which is kind of what's going on now. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I'm not saying that the, well, the Johnny Devin Amber Heard trial, it had some violence in it regarding their the specifics of their own relationship. But if any critically thinking person was to really look at the big picture and all the real issues that really matter... The Johnny Devon Amber Heard trial is a media sensation meant to distract people, much in the same way that a lot of the violence that is glorified in cinema or movies or television, or or even or just even anything in the news, because it sells, it's distracting, it has an impact, but it ultimately, I mean, it's just like fear, it's sexy, yet if you if depending on the graphics of a sex scene in a film, that can affect the way a film is rated. And there's actually a documentary talking about the rating system in American cinema and how that's not only changed so drastically, but how sex has a bigger impact than the type of rating that a film will get as opposed to the type of violence. And, uh, I mean, we all know that the, that the ratings for films used to be different. It used to be PG and R. I mean, look at Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's pretty fucking violent, and yet that movie is PG, and yet that's not how how people from the 90s or Generation Z would identify as PG. But then, again, I haven't seen, I don't know, I, I tend to just, I just tend to ignore all that shit either way, because, I mean, I watch a film like The Dark Knight, which is PG-13, which is kind of absurd, given the, t- given the subject matter that's being discussed and tackled in that film, and how it is much more horrifying than the standard PG-13. Thirteen movie and what it serves up. I mean, Natural Born Killers rated our film. It's incredibly violent. It, it's about two serial killers who just embrace their murderous vices, and they're not and in a non-hypocritical fashion. And this film is, I mean, it's very trippy, psychedelic to an extent where you want, where you feel like you're you're having an experience as to watching a fully, well, I wouldn't say it's a fully fledged narrative, but. A conventional narrative in that sense because it is just so out there and so absurd and obviously that's intentional because films like these where Oliver Stone goes full force in tackling a particular industry or a subject matter that is incredibly controversial and probably not fully explored to the degree that society goes into he takes it to a level where that there's an absurdism to it that makes a mockery of the subject because of how normalized it is. And 
let's be honest, violence is a normalized aspect of our society. I mean, look at MMA. And, and look how fucking violent and bloody it is just to watch two guys beat the shit out of each other in a cage. Now, I'm not talking about this stuff in a way where I'm demonizing or criticizing it. Now, I'm not saying I'm some violence junkie, but, I mean, I'm fascinated by violence and what that says about the human species. I don't think it should be glorified, but when watching it from a distance to this extent, I do find myself playing the role of a spectator, whether it's real violence or the simulated artificial violence we see in movies, television, or video games, and what that still says about us as a species, and how... Our, how in addition to being very tribalistic, our primal nature is just something that doesn't necessarily go away. In fact, it seems like the violence operates as a form of distraction, because, and, that, and that's the result of us being a species that is also very self-aware. I mean, we're the only animal out there that, con that is capable of contemplating its own existence or contemplating the idea of death. I mean, most animals don't know what death is. They'll react on an instinctual level. But we contemplate death and its significance. And natural born killers is just about two people who spread death like some experience and through their violent actions, and they do it in a way where it's non-hypocritical. And uh, I guess the best moments of this film is when uh, the sensationalist TV host played by an Australian Robert Downey Jr., which is fucking hilarious, where he basically quest where he interviews Woody Harrelson's character Mickey one of the two serial killers and he just I mean he asks some questions but they're more like the gotcha style kind of questions that you would see in one of those interviews it's basically the type of bullshit that legacy media promotes now and it's completely normal as opposed to the over-the-top and overly eccentric manner that natural born killers presents it and I'm sure that if people I'm sure if people in this generation were to watch that they'd think it's bizarre but then if they don't if they see if they watch a regular segment from CNN or MSNBC or Fox News, it's not really that different because most of those legacy media programs are about clickbait and ratings, and they usually do that through a gotcha question format where they ask you questions about a particular subject or some event that's occurred, but in a way where they already know the answers, that they already know the response they're going to have once you give a particular type of answer. And they plan it ahead of time because, again, it's pure sensationalism just like the sensationalism and natural born killers and i was just exploring this idea of how violence itself can be a phenomenon and that just also does have something very tragic about the culture that embraces it so willfully yet and and despite the fact that there are moments where when that violence is perpetrated I mean, we feel the full tragedy of it, but then we go and repeat the same function, the same pattern all over again. And <laughs> it's very fascinating that, that when Woody Harrelson's character talks about this, you can see that at least he embraces it and doesn't deny it. But then again, it's his he refers to himself as a natural-born killer. Pretty much admit deconstructing the idea that somehow murder is necessarily is morally wrong now i'm not saying you should go out and kill somebody or that murder should be championed as a virtuous action but there is something ironic about this and this makes me look back to this clip of charles bukowski the writer who when he was talking about a party he was at him he, him and plenty of his drank his friends i almost said drens that's weird but 
him and his friends were so fucked up that they encountered another guy who was just as fucked up. I don't, and I don't know if I've brought this up or I've just talked about it in, in, in some of the interviews I've had with filmmakers, but there's a moment where he said the guy, where the guy was so fucked up and he was daring to shoot somebody when he aimed the gun at Bukowski. Bukowski pretty much said, hey, buddy, you know what? Go ahead and do it. You got a lot of, I'm already a suicide case, and I got to commend you for being brave because... If you were in a war zone, they'd give you a medal. Here, they put you in jail. Knowing that, you got to be brave. So, in the end, he was just pointing out. In addition, well, in addition to pointing out that in a way, technically, Bukowski would be the winner. Yeah, he'd be dead, but he wouldn't have to worry about any jack shit, any more bullshit, or any of the existential questions he constantly suffered from. But the guy who shot him would be essentially fucked, as opposed to rewarded, like a soldier. Yet, they're pretty much doing the same thing, just in a different land where the rules are different. And it's just a matter of how the rules are framed. Because, And there are so many great films that tackle this approach, whether it be films like Joker, where the idea of society deciding what is morally right and what is morally wrong at the right time does tell you about a hypocrisy of our species the hypocrisy of our species and how we try and structure and create some sense of order when there really isn't that much order to start with. I mean, it's, it just feels, yeah, it's man-made and it is beneficial on a collective level, but the worst thing we can do is pretend that it's not susceptible to some form of dismantling. And not, I mean, films like Natural Born Killers pretty much do that in as absurd a fashion as possible. I mean, they take certain conventions within Western culture that we've either glorified or normalized or even held up on some pedestal as though that, as though, though uh, sorry, my tongue got twisted there, as other embodiments of what we, sh we should aspire towards in a conventional lifestyle. One perf I think one of the perf my favorite examples of this was uh, the, the, God, the family sitcom scenario with Rodney Dangerfield I think he I don't know who, he, no, he didn't play Barney Rubble in the Fred in the Flintstones movie I, or maybe he did and I've, I've just got my head up my ass I haven't seen those fucking movies in over two decades and I'm, I don't know if I'll ever watch that shit again but anyway there's like this uh, completely this absurd depiction of of oh god of the family sitcom phenomenon and it's not to the level of the simpsons which used when it was good it was like a countercultural art element against that but it's more direct and it's basically it's like it's way it is presented in a way where the fought the standard family man father figure is presented as an abusive father figure who is sexually abusive to his daughter physically abusive to his wife openly sexist to a degree that makes even the most radical feminists justified in hating assholes of his type and uh in addition to that the wife is submissive she allows her daughter to be treated like shit and it's just gross and presented in this fashion where it not only mocks the standard sitcom family but it just pretty much tells you that it's just one big fucking lie that has been sold to us now there are a lot of sitcoms that are out there that are great seinfeld is fucking awesome Kirby enthusiasm is fucking awesome, but let's all be brutally honest. And how many really good ones, or at least authentic ones, are there that don't present some bullshit idea of what the modern American family should be? I mean, I can no note some examples like The Waltons, which is 
obviously was George H.W. Bush's use of attack against the Simpsons, and that was back when the Simpsons was countercultural, as opposed to now just being being so ingrained in the culture that. I mean, I haven't seen The Simpsons in a very long time, but it was obviously when it was still too old, it was old enough for you to see that it was losing its touch, and it's apparently it's just become another sitcom. And there's a great YouTuber named Super Eye Patch Wolf, who, although he focuses mostly on anime, and he has occasionally men- mentioned a few films that are worth uh, dissecting. He's also gone on an- he's done some analytical videos on The Simpsons, and how in addition to not being funny anymore it's become the very thing it was countering and and that's essentially just another sitcom and that just basically that is rather sad because I was a fan of The Simpsons I mean and now now just so I don't go off track because I do want to talk more about natural war and killers and I feel like a hypocrite I mean I feel like an asshole every time I lose I go off trail and talk about something else but Again, it's all connected in some sense. All the violence that you see in natural born killers, it would be very easy to label it as pornographic when the use of the violence there has a purpose in pretty much not just being, not just simply for the sake of art, although I think in terms of all the, the sequences, the montages, and the use of animation in the middle of the, the, mom, the key moments of violence in natural born killers just, just tells you the varieties of which violence can be presented despite the fact that it is ultimately violence in the end. And it's very much a part of us. And sadly, we deny this. And I'm not saying we should go out, we should fully embrace it in a way where we go out in a compl- where each of us just turns into a pack of senseless animals and just goes and just rampages against one another. But pretending as though it's just some unique phenomenon and that we're not capable of it is incredibly hypocritical. And this is best exemplified in the prison break scene in Natural Born Killers where Robert Downey Jr.'s character, I mean, funny as he is, goofy, absurd, ridiculous, and even, I would, I'm not going to lie, kind of pornographic in terms of what he represents, is he fully embraces the violence that he is experiencing in that moment as he himself even kills somebody and he gets that rush. And that tells you something about the human being, that even the most even the most civilized or even the one that tries to be the most civilized can embrace vile, the kind of violence that is brutal, unforgiving, unrelenting, and just even sadomasochistic. And then when he's when he's and the irony is that when this is pointed out by Mickey and Mallory, uh, Woody Harrelson and Juliette Lewis, it tells you how much he's caught. He's pretty much spotted, not called out for being the kind of hypocrite that would deny it and act like he's the civilized man. And then he starts begging for his life like a coward. Now, granted, I'm not saying everybody should be a stone cold, should be some stone cold stoic if a gun is pointed at their head. But if he was willfully accepting of the idea of killing uh, police guards, no, prison guards just to escape just to survive and even getting a kick out of it that just tells you that no one that the idea of civility and society those are just man-made ideas and I'm not saying we should totally discard them but looking giving them a closer look is integral to having a better understanding of our species because I've always I mean I like when Oliver Stone whenever he's kind of attacked or bashed or he's kind of lured in interviews with got with 
these pseudo gotcha questions meant to trip him up but that's impossible given how intelligent he is i always love the elegant touch he always gives whenever he describes listen i'm not i'm a dramatist i'm not a journalist i go i go into any project i work on with the with the with the with the approach of a journalist and there's some truth to that because it's almost like he, i mean i think i look at oliver stone more like a detective exploring some key elements of the human being that are very very horrifying and uh well i mean films like wall street itself are key examples of that because although wall street is a totally different film from natural born killers that primal nature of aggression is still very much present in the stock traders and their need to accumulate more and destroy companies just to accumulate more capital and it's just a me- like a level of testosterone equivalent to the kind of killing sprees you see in films like natural born killers or violent or just films that carry the kind of violence that is more openly gratuitous well not well both film, both have more gratuitous violence but natural born killers the violence in there is obviously has a purpose it's not for the sake of violence it's not violence for the sake of violence or or something pornographic. I mean, one key, I guess one example of this was that uh, one, the time I saw the movie uh, Olympus Has Fallen, the Gerard Butler film, the first one of that series. I mean, I haven't seen any of the others. I just went to see it and uh, I fucking hated it. I mean, the least bad, the irony was that the least bad thing about it was the diehard element where he's basically talking to the villain Kang or Wang. I, I don't even fucking remember the guy, the villain's name. And there's a point where he basically, where they make a joke out of him slitting some dude's throat. And they just the sound mixing of them penetrating that dude's throat with like a, I guess, some tiny knife is just exaggerated to a level where it just, it just needs to be felt. Like if he's just gouging the throat open and he's making some stupid joke, like some yippee motherfucker type of joke. And that's when you realize that's, that's just violence for the sake of violence. And the fact that violence for the sake of violence has taken on a meaning where it's used to incorporate humor is fucked up. I'm not, and I'm not gonna judge anybody who's laughed at a violent scene in a movie. I mean, that's why we love fucking Quentin Tarantino movies. Ironically, he hated Natural Born Killers despite writing the script, but I don't, I mean, I don't go into a whole story about that because I'm not here to judge. I mean, whatever him and Oliver Stone or the studio had, whatever beef they had, that's their business and whatever. I mean, that to me is irrelevant to the topic. But again, going back to the idea of violence and how we laugh at some of the most gratuitous violent scenes in movies, I'm not going to judge anybody for that. I've done that. Fuck, I've cheered for John Wick to get that little fucker from uh, Game of Thrones for killing that dog. But pretending like it's somehow that makes me more justified or more righteous than another person is incredibly hypocritical. Especially of a culture like the one that Natural Born Killers is definitely analyzing. And I think another key, another example about this is the over-the-top warden played by Tommy Lee Jones. And Christ, when Tommy Lee Jones plays over-the-top characters and he gets it right, he does get it fucking right. And the warden, the prison warden he plays, is beyond fucking crazy and to a level where it just goes... It, 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 as absurd as it looks, it still functions in a way of criticizing... Another, another bureaucratic element within society that tries to act like it's morally just, but it's just as much capable of exacting a kind of violence 
that is probably even more sadistic than the kind that uh, Mickey and Mallory exemplify, or that even the kind that would that um, Robert Downey Jr.'s character embraces once he realizes he's capable of it. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, the American prison system isn't really a, about rehabilitation. It's about punishment. And part of the process of that punishment can become, can take on a multitude of levels of violence, discrimination, physical and psychological abuse, and to a degree where it's just purely about domination. And uh, let's be honest, human beings, when they have power, they know how to, they can pl find plenty of ways of abusing it. And whether it's the way prisoners are treated in prisons to the point where reformation is impossible, rehabilitation is fucking up is fucking pointless given the trajectory of the abuse they're receiving and even to and even to an extent where they just where they just return they even after the release from prison they haven't really changed if anything they've gotten even worse fun and even fundamentally dependent on that very structure that prison presented them with for a certain period of time that they go out and commit crimes just to get back into prison or it's because they it's the only thing they know especially when when you look at films like Shawshank, which are about institutionalization within a prison system, these criminals have be, been locked. The real thing that they've done and hurt them with is the element of time and how basically they were locked up in this facility where time kind of stopped as opposed to the outside world where time progressed. And the perfect example of that was, that was the character of Brooks, who... I mean, I guess he, I don't remember what he did to end up in prison, I think, but based on the, violent, the violence he was willing to commit just to stay in prison, you can bet he did something very, very stupid when he was relatively young and he lost track of so much time that he just couldn't believe the sight of a car when he saw it when he got out of prison. And natural born killers just, just exempt, just um, criticizes this through even more violence, cruelty, and just what well, again the uh, over the top performance of Tommy Lee Jones, which does a good job of competing with Robert Downey Jr.'s character. Which you gotta, it's very hard to tell who is more over the top in the film, but it still works in such an effective way that it pretty much tells you that that the very institution that declares itself to be the ultimate representation of law and order is just one of many elements of bullshit within our culture that pretends as though it's operating from somewhere objective and I and I, I gotta commend Oliver Stone for doing that because let's be honest those are just the rule the all I mean I'm not bashing cops I don't think you should abolish the police or defund well not defund them but I mean you shouldn't give them so much money that they fucking have so many military toys because I think money in police departments should be allocated more responsibly and more effectively and better training methods rather than rather than just having rather than just having a certain procedure a certain measure of procedures which create the next Derek Chauvin. I mean, I'm gonna go a little off topic here, but one thing that always fascinated me about the murder of George Floyd was that the accusations they were making of Derek Chauvin being a racist. I don't know if there's any truth to that. Personally, I think that is irrelevant. I think that there's something much even dark, something even darker that Pete that was overlooked, and that's the fact that Derek Chauvin had so many strikes against him of abusing his power. That you gotta ask yourself: Is he really the problem, or is he just was he just another a symptom 
a police department that was willing to tolerate having a police officer with so many fucked up marks on his record that they just let him they allowed him to continue having a job and based on what I heard about his what he had it seemed like he was doing pretty well for himself but again that just ultimately shows you the hypocrisy of these institutions and how they they practice the same type of violence that they know they pr practice the same type of violence that they put the same that they put criminals like Mickey and Mallory in prison for hell another fucked up thing about natural born killers I learned that the movie acted was accused of of inspiring copycat crimes like a lot of school shootings and and mass shootings and uh, it would be I mean it just reminds me of the Columbine massacre and how Marilyn Manson was was given a lot of shit just because the guys who performed the shooting were fans of his music because it's always easier to simplify a tragedy that has so many complex elements to its origin that they decided to 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 focus on one specific individual or one specific thing just to make sure that they don't they don't look they don't reflect on it more and that all goes back to what Oliver Stone said about how this film in his eyes represented the end of an era of violence in cinema and but he now he didn't say that as an object he objective statement so much as a way of of promoting the idea of greater self-reflection because he himself in the Charlie Rose interview didn't really know where what where they were going where where western society was going in terms of violence and since then i think movies have only not only just gotten more violent but they've gotten so excessively violent it's almost ritualistic to a degree where it's not impossible i mean as again i said i said it again, as i said before i love the john wick movies I'm fascinated by violence. I don't have a problem with violence being in movies. I think that, and sometimes I've laughed at it in some moments, but I don't think it's something that should be ignored. I think it's something that should be reflected on. I mean, I guess I'm looking at this from a Nietzschean perspective where I shouldn't judge it from a moral level because morality itself it embodies some relativity and that you have to always be in a state of evaluating it rather than letting it obtain an objective status because... And you get the then obviously you get what we're seeing now. We're pretty much the West Western society is declining and pretty much proving that Nietzsche was right when he said God is dead. And people assumed he was saying that there was no God when he was really saying that the Christian morality was dying out to an extent where people would have to recreate new values in order to maintain some some state of order instead of the crisis of mental health that is going on right now. I mean. Let's not beat about around the burning bush, but society is just kind of falling apart in a sense where we can't, we can't even get to the bottom of why a guy, a young 18-year-old man, would shoot up a school in Uvalde, Texas with children in it. And yeah, we declare him a monster, but as I mentioned in my analysis of Taxi Driver, what was rather what's rather fascinating is it wouldn't really surprise me if the same group of people that would judge that guy as a monster would label him a hero if he shot up a group of pedophiles and child molesters instead. I'm sure they would still acknowledge that there was something wrong with the fact that he was able to access a gun so easily, but I doubt they'd be less focused on they'd be less focused on that or his mental state rather than the, rather than the people he killed. And maybe the exaggerated responses, some more rational or presumably exaggerated responses, 
more rational people would have to the idea that he could access a gun so easily. This is all just speculation, but that's why I think movies like Natural Born Killers are very telling about the culture we live in, the violence that is so much a part of it, but never reflected on carefully that it's the reason we constantly have these instances of violence that leave us both confused and also unwilling to look deeper into the picture and the many elements that define it, as opposed to, oh, it's just a crazy person, oh, he's just pure evil. I mean... Mickey and Mallory, I mean, I wouldn't say that they're heroes, but they do, in a sense, there is a level of virtue in their honesty. And that's something that I think you need to, you need in order to not only tell a great story, which is clearly what Oliver Stone did with Natural Born Killers, but you need it as a way of learning and developing better as a per developing more intellectually and honestly as a human being because just because i love the john wick or the deadpool movies doesn't mean that you sh I sh i'm going to go out and repeat the shit that ha happens in them and i don't think anybody else should either but the fact that some people are willing to are willing to repeat that violence that they see in those movies is very instructional because I don't think those movies, I mean, no, no sensible person would have believed that movies like Natural Born Killers, John Wick, or Deadpool, or any other violence phenomenon will, were designed specifically to inspire violence. I mean, this is just like the Joker argument from two and a half years ago when the film came out. So, so much of the mainstream legacy media was bashing the film before its release, saying it was going to inspire violence. Because that's a good angle to sell. It's become a great angle to sell, given that so many movies have been accused of that, that why not just do it, why not just predict it ahead of time to get those clickbait ratings rather than getting a deeper look at what's really going on. And Natural Born Killers points that out. No, well, asks the question as to what kind of fucking society is willing to praise the type of violence by perpetrated by two serial killers who have no remorse, are pretty much psychopathic and every sense of the way we can we can look at them without truly attaching it or making it personal and yet they have a the movie makes does not hesitate in showing the collection of of a fan base that they have throughout the course of the narrative and yeah a lot of these fans are, are depicted like a pack of dipshits that you would see at a punk rock concert or a hot topic and they don't really have that much intellectual stimulation to offer but the fact that they're will that they, they embrace something that is classified in a much more horrific fashion, rather willfully, shows you that, that there are much deeper issues to, to worry about rather than just two random killers. Anyway, these are my thoughts on natural born killers. I hope you all enjoy this episode. I hope you all continue to subscribe to the podcast, support it in whatever way. I mean, check out the Bitcoin buying links. Check out the... Oh, what else? Yeah, check out my Patreon. It would be nice to receive a donation from time to time. Also, obviously, as I mentioned in prior episodes, this episode is brought to you by two specific sponsors, hopefully more in the future. Obviously, if you, Anchor is the first of them because that was actually the first one given this podcast started with Anchor. And for those of you still unfamiliar with Anchor, Anchor is just a, basically a po podcasting platform for anybody out there eager to start their own podcast. And the best part of it, I mean, in addition to be the best part of it being free, it saves you a boatload of trouble from having to 
to record yourself and post your podcast episode on every different platform you can find. It pretty much does that all the work for you. And the link for it, the link for it is down below, Anchor.fm. And so basically, just if you were looking to start your own podcast, get your voice out there, you just record yourself, post it on Anchor. It's going to distribute it across all the other platforms like Apple, Spotify, uh, Lisbon, Pod, uh, Podfreeze, CurioCaster and Fountain, which is another sponsor of this podcast, where basically you can go listen to your favorite podcast creators, and in addition in addition to supporting them with whatever sponsors they have, you can also support them by streaming them sats, increments of Bitcoin. And hell, you can even earn Bitcoin by listening to those, pod, those podcast creators via the Fountain app. It's no fucking joke. Basically... I mean, that's why I think Fountain is such a great app, and it's probably going to be the reason it's going to outdo apps like Spotify and Apple. Granted, I'll still keep Spotify to listen to Joe Rogan for my own personal preference. But yeah, the Fountain app, if you want to earn some Bitcoin, you pretty much can, all you have to do is just listen to your favorite podcasts, and you'll be earning sats in no time. Anyway, I'm very tired, and that's my take on Natural Born Killers. Enjoy the sh- I hope you all enjoyed the show. Till next time. Thank you.